What's up, you freaks? Welcome back to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. It is so good to be back. This week we have Blood Incantation. The whole band decided to come on. Uh, they're an absolutely brutal death metal band, but they are showing another side of themselves and uh, releasing a, a fucking rad ambient record called Time Wave Zero. It's coming out soon. We're going to get to the bottom of it. As always, if you like what you hear on the program, hit that follow button, smash that subscribe tab, or fucking don't. You know, it, it, it helps out, but if you don't feel like doing that, I'm not going to hold it against you. But if you do want to go one step further, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway. For a few bucks a month, you can help keep this show rolling and uh, get yourself a shout out on the program like Johnny Luna. Thanks so much, Johnny, Brian, Jane, and Steve Barnes. Y'all made my fucking week by signing up for the Patreon. Uh, everything helps. Thank you all so much for listening. And my special gear shout out this week, I wanted to give some love to Calton Cases. They are absolutely phenomenal, beautiful indestructible cases for all your most delicate instruments. Uh, I made one for my Reverend Signature model, and I can run it over with my truck twice. And not only will it not affect the instrument at all, it won't even go out of tune. I love Calton cases, and if you want to get you one, when you're checking out, enter the code SHUT, that's S-H-U-T-T, for 10% off. All right, that's enough of the business. Have y'all ever wondered what happens when a death metal band makes an ambient record? I know I have. Let's do things my way. The Highway. Well, what's up, fellas? Uh, welcome to the highway with Kyle Shutt. I am Kyle Shutt, and uh, yeah, this is the first time we've had an entire band on uh, the show, so let's uh, <laughs> see how it goes. Thanks for coming on, gents. Yeah, no problem. Happy yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely, and uh, let's just go around so everybody knows uh, who's talking, and uh, maybe introduce yourselves. Um, I'm Morris. I play uh, guitar and blood incantation, and on the new record, I play... A bunch of synthesizers, including a Moog Micro Moog, Roland JP8000, a Korg Mini Log, and a bunch of crazy tape loop effects and pedals. Um, yeah, uh, my name is Isaac. Um, typically, I am the drummer of Blood Incantation, but for this new iteration, I am playing a Korg X5D and a Sequential Circuit 6 track. Um, I also uh, play gong and some Hammond organ and Mellotron. Paul Riedel. I play guitar and blood incantation and do vocals. And on the new album, I play two Moogs, a Kumar orchestrator and a Behringer Poly D, and a tape echo and a bunch of effects. What's up? I'm Jeff. I play bass and blood incantation. Uh, and uh, on this recent recording for Time Wave Zero, I play a Moog Grandmother, a Yamaha CS1X, and a Tambura. Damn, y'all. This is, like, so <laughs> wild. I mean, I fucking love death metal, don't get me wrong, and it's I love uh, the ambience that comes along with that and everything, but, like, I love how y'all just straight up, like, went, no, fuck it, we're going full ambient. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, was, that, yeah, was that something I you was... always, like, kind of wanted to do? And, like, the, the fact that you kept it all under the blood incantation, like, umbrella, I think is fucking rad because it, like, leaves, like, so much room to grow in any direction kind of you want now. Like, what was, uh, yeah, what brought up that uh, decision? And that's been the plan since the beginning when we started the band in 2011. 
the initial plan was always to have a green logo for the second record like morbid angel and the third record was to be ambient mm -hmm. and that's why there's been more uh, interludes and like acoustic and synthesizer pack uh, passages on all of our recordings increasing chronologically with everyone so nobody could actually legitimately claim they, they were not warned warned and did not see this coming not only that we have told people uh rather explicitly since even before our last record came out in history of the human race which has uh the most atmospheric passages on it so mm -hmm. far during the interview cycle and promotion cycle for that we were telling everybody oh the next one will be ended for a palate cleanser and even three years ago they were like oh uh, okay sure so anyway but it's like no we're serious fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i mean what what you know, ambient gets thrown around a lot, or like drone, or whatever, like that. Was there like, um, and I'm I'm not the biggest fan of genre anyway, but like, what would you what would you call it? I mean, is it just blood incantation? Just space music, yes, blood incantation. It's yeah, and it's a ambient's an umbrella term, really. I mean, mm -hmm. if you listen to the record, there's acoustic instruments, there's compositions. You know, it's it's not just like a, a drone or anything like that. There's moving parts, and we wrote it the same way we do death metal with a bunch of like riff ideas moving forward etc because there, so, there are riffs on it definitely you know within each movement and everything like that and uh, there, there's a lot of meat on the bone for for it being like an instrumental yeah like ambient record like that it's very very good well it's played as a group just as we normally do you know so it's uh like morris said <clears throat> we're just arranging it and playing it rehearsing it as a group mm -hmm. And when we recorded it, it's it's live as a group, just like we do our death metal records. That's awesome. When we play it live, uh, it's the same. It just sounds like the record because that's how we recorded it, mm -hmm. and then the record sounds that way because that's how we rehearsed it. So when we press record on the tape machine, that's just what happened. Are you going to tour like uh, with this record, like as just this iteration? Or are you going to like kind of mix it in? We will. Like with, yeah, we will at some point. Eventually, these uh, shows on the twenty sixth of February coming up here in Denver at the Gothic Theater, and uh, hell yeah. Well, you know, we're trying to do planetariums, outdoor amphitheaters, museums, art galleries, mm -hmm. you know, special, non-typical places, uh, places that a rock band or a metal band would not want to play. I love and, that. Uh, we we want to bring that type of art mentality into it and kind of what, you know, a band like Sun did for doom metal and what a band like Olver did for black metal. Mm -hmm. And a band like maybe Opeth did for progressive metal. We just want to do that for the blood incantation style of death metal. And uh, it's like you said about the genre thing. It's like the whole point is to be free and to grow. And blood incantation, since our first rehearsal, has never been a casual, typical, ordinary type of death metal band. The whole point, the whole time, has been to be, uh, you know, beyond just a genre. Just like ambient is an umbrella term for time wave, death metal is an umbrella term for blood condition i mean our first record the hype sticker says technical slash ambient slash funeral right on it <laughs> you know? so, what are people so confused it's like they can't read and they don't pay attention and they get mad you spoon fed them and they didn't notice you know well you know that's that's kind of the way it's always been though i mean like with people they need to be told what to like i'm sorry that, that sounds rude but it's fucking true and um it, you have to just explicitly spell it out for them and even then they're just not going to get it you know yeah even then they're <laughs> What? So but yes, to, to your to your point, Kyle. Um, to your point, Kyle, you said earlier, um, we definitely felt like this was an important step for us to take before moving on to our future uh, writing. Because 
Hidden History was, you know, this kind of monumental album for us to, to create and, and put out. And then we didn't really get a chance to, to tour it at all. Mm-hmm. So it was important for us to, you know, still tour that album while also we can make this this new, uh, you know, iteration of the band um, and they can simultaneously exist. You know, otherwise, if we made another metal record, then it would basically erase the touring cycle for Hidden History at that point. too. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it, it also allows us the chance to basically do whatever we want now. Um, and it, it basically clear, clears the slate of kind of like an era of the band. Um, and now when we, when we make metal music, you know, I think, you know, we, we all feel like we have ultimate infinite potential to do whatever we want. Totally. Cause like, it just seems like it with, especially this kind of aspect of it too, you could like open for yourselves, you know, like have like yeah, an, an, a, an evening with, you know, and it's like, uh, there, uh, there will be an evening with sometime when we're, when we are big enough that you could have a dedicated stage show. Hell yeah. And with Blood and Condition, where we do a death metal set and then an ambient set, or maybe an ambient set and then a death metal set, you know, but we mm-hmm. could, uh, we can do both. And that's the thing is that metal people are conditioned by corporate marketing the past 20 years or 30 years that if a metal band does something weird, it's over. Oh, oh and, I know all about the, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there are people who are afraid of a band who can do both because in the eyes of, uh, corporate media you can't do both you have to do one or the other mm-hmm. but blood incantation has never really been concerned with fitting into those boxes so not only can we do both we've now done both and we're about to go continue to do both mm-hmm. and uh, when people come out you know a band like pink floyd did two soundtracks in between metal and dark side nobody cared they were like this is great, great those music, are some of my favorite great. records too they are they're some of the great absolutely they're very, they're very good and uh the reason that people don't look at that as weird is because to a, a casual pink floyd fan they have no idea what obscure by clouds is you mm-hmm. know they don't listen to more they don't they don't know because they don't listen to the radio because it's the same you know corporate marketing algorithm or whatever and so we're we're just trying to be as a band back in the 70s who was totally free and you know a lot of those bands had corporate funding and they were on significant labels you know rca phillips capital and, and all that stuff and i think it was you know I, i've i've i can't remember who said this maybe it was frank zapper or somebody and he was i think he said something like it, it was better back in those days because like the people that ran the labels weren't cool they were just these cigar chewing you know just fat fucks that were just like they would just throw money at anybody because yeah. they didn't even know if it was good or not they're like i don't know just give them some money and the, they're selling records fine let them do whatever they want and like it, yep. it kind of turned That's into this right. thing where like now the people that work for the label look more like you know, the people only in do the what band exactly works the, you know? <laughs> and what they know works for the other popular band and they'll be like well this happened on myspace so we have to keep doing it over and over the place, you know? so, yeah it's like the people that run record labels curated mm-hmm. but you know getting back to uh, people having to be told <laughs> explicitly what things are i'm just curious to what you guys think about this because like like what to you like what makes death metal death metal? Because, you know, there's death, there's thrash, there's black metal, there's all this. But, and a lot of people get them all confused. You know, and I've had this conversation before with people, but, like, specifically, like, what makes, to y'all, like, death metal? In my mind, just a, a certain dark atmosphere in the riffs, a, a, a sinisterness, a, a, a deep atmosphere, a brutality that is, you know, beyond technical chops or, or aggressive playing it, you know you can have a very simple riff and have it be more sinister and crushing than someone playing a million notes an hour personally i think most bands that play a million notes an hour 
which even though our detractors might think we we do, we certainly cannot play like those bands. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they get caught up in playing too many notes too perfectly 100% of the time with the sweeps. Like, you know, everyone's like, they're so tech, but it's like, we're not sweeping. You know what I mean? We're sweeping up the fucking crowd every night on stage. That's about it, you know, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, to, uh, death metal, it, just like any genre, you know, it was defined by a group of bands at a certain time, and all of those bands sounded different, you know, just like any other genre, uh, black metal, you know, whatever. Um, every band at the beginning, at the seminal moment, sounds different, but they all shared that kind of unique, dark heaviness that was different from, you know, thrash. It was It was a little bit darker, a little more brutal. But like, you know, like any genre, it's just gotten beaten to death um, for for decades now. And and we talk about Paul and I when we started this band, uh, death metal was not cool in 2011. You know, like it was it was was definitely not the thing. The lamest it had been so far. You guys are just lame now. It was even worse back then. (laughs) Yeah. And and like it was, you know, primarily the, the technical death metal or death core that stuff was like, you know, reigned supreme in that area. And in metal in general, you know, it was a lot more of about doom and black metal at the time, you know, and um, that's just because we were for- like in between the pizza thrash and post black metal thing. <laughs> yeah. The doom thing was like still getting steam, even though everyone thought it burned out in 2008, like the big amp guy doom thing with the beards. Orbit Angel released Elude. Yeah, it was terrible, man. You know what I mean? It was really dark. And the only cool bands were European. You had the Dead Con, Great Miasma, Crucimentum, Necros Christos. Repugnant a couple of years before that. But in America, honestly, in that time, the only cool death metal band in America was Anhedonist, who we were, we were friends with. And uh, our other band, Spectral, did a split with. And uh, I remember when I, they were doing a tour in 2010, and it was, I think, their first U.S. tour, but I definitely remember being like, this is it. This is the first actually sick, real, underground, legit death metal band in America in years, this band is. And they were doing really good. They played Chaos and Chaos and MDF in the same run, played a bunch of Nice Fest. They recorded an album. They had a killer demo. Uh, you know, there was not, as it is today, 2022, 500 uh, Instagram death metal bands in every city. You know what I mean? There was no, there was no band camp metal resurgence type of thing. It was like, if you didn't put out a tape and go on tour, nobody listened to your band. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what we were doing in our other bands, which were either black metal or doom metal or whatnot. And when Isaac and I first met, we were like, oh, not only do we like these mutual styles, but also we like, you know, shit like Disincarnate and every Gorgots record, every death record, you know, almost every Morbid Angel record. Yeah, all of the all of the weirder stuff that was all not cool. Nobody, nobody, you know, when we I, uh, Jeff and I's old band <clears throat> did some dates with Stargazer in 2013, and those are certainly some of the least attended shows we've ever played. And uh, nobody cared about that shit, you know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, uh, it was just not it was not as interesting. Obviously, people like us and our friends and a lot of the bands that we're, we're still friends with or who have become popular in the last ten years were doing their thing. But it was very underground, very obscure. And I don't mean like, you know, these guys on a private forum obscure. I mean like a dude with a tape on tour in a van on obscure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that. And Hedonist band was total faith. I, I legitimately missed this band because they were they were the the, the bar. You know? Yeah, I mean, and and that's 
you know, going back to like what death metal is, I think that's just kind of always the funny thing about genre in general is that you get this initial crop of, you know, the seminal bands and then where we're at now, it's like, yeah, obviously we would call our typical style death metal. When people ask me like, what, what kind of music does your band play? I usually just say like psychedelic death metal or something like that. I tell the lady at the gas station, crazy psychedelic space death metal. (laughs) 60 bucks for the gas. I'm like, okay. But like, but yeah, like going back to what we were saying before, it's like, we, we definitely want the band to just be seen as like beyond genre, you know, like all of our, all of my favorite bands. I mean, even death, you know, one of the most important death metal bands was not always death metal. I mean, like even like their later stuff is like super progressive, like even more like straight up heavy metal stuff, you know, it's just metal, you know, they're afraid of those records because the, the thing that scares a 21st century death metal fan the most is pure heavy metal. And so a record like Sound of Perseverance, which is like the ultimate speed metal record of the 90s, uh, after Painkiller, which is another thing that people who are too cool at the local bar on the internet that Tuesday night, uh, they didn't like until it was popular again a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But every death record pushes the entire genre. It's not just a death metal sound being pushed. It's literally extreme music as a whole. It's heavy metal, speed metal, thrash metal, it has so much melody and dynamics in it. And a lot of people are afraid of that because, you know, they like the neon mortician logo shirts and the, like the dum dum riffs and whatnot. And they think that that's cool because it's been done even more times than every other death metal riff has already been done. But a band like Death and a band like Gorguts, they never stopped pushing themselves as musicians, as artists, as lyricists, as, as the whole concept. And the bands that, kind of stayed safe you know this which are now very popular uh, as far as like hm2 style you know swedish style um death and roll whatever H- hm2 clones things which was very popular at the time when blood and condition started you know a lot of uh hm2 stuff but not like in a sick way you know these guys aren't playing like you know crematory or gourmet or eternal darkness or this like fascinating you know grotesque flyers and weight style early at the gates death metal they're just playing the softest, safest, like 1995 entombed death metal, which is totally not what we were doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so even when death metal was as uncool as it could be back then, we still were like, there's there's all these interesting, quote unquote, non-metal or non-death metal things like bands like Superation or like Cathia Flame. It's been absorbed from Spain. Uh, a lot of these bands only have demos, maybe a great seven inch, maybe a mini LP, maybe one album. You know, a lot of really cult one albums and these bands turn extremely weird. And we just want to find the balance of a band that is extremely weird, but retains the brutality and the interestingness of the actual death metal. Because you got you to gotta stick out from the crowd. Because like, especially like there's nothing that I think is more boring than like a death metal festival where it's like 18 bands in a row that sound exactly the fucking same you know well, and it's, we get yeah, on there's way too many of those I like know. the only thing with clean guitars on half the fest we play that's what i'm saying like, that, and that's a good so thing many gear yeah. issues with that stuff man it's crazy but like yeah with the sword we'd get like thrown on these like death metal festivals and then we sound like fucking crosby stills and nash you know up there yeah. and yeah. shit but like well, y'all i can see that like we we end up being that band because right. we have like a couple clean guitar parts and we and we've played like these goat metal war war festivals 
know, where there it's just like yeah we're the only band that even has a melody you know uh -huh. and we're so then we're the band that doesn't talk to people like a like a cookie monster Dude, cartoon show in between songs you know or wear face capes or any yeah, like makeup, makeup or any of that stuff. Dude, we've played so many fests where we're the only band not wearing a cape. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that's why I love, like, Carcass is one of my favorite death metal bands, too, because, like, when you see them live, like, they have a fucking sense of humor about it. You know, and, like, they're, they're just, like, making fun of the crowd, almost. You know, it's like, they don't... There's also a British thing. That's, that, that's that is like true. But like, they don't talk to the crowd like the fucking pro wrestlers or, you know, anything exactly. like yeah. that. Yeah. So, incidentally, the pro wrestling thing is, is exactly what... Uh, is plaguing the 2022 death metal world because you know this whole idea of like yeah the, the pro wrestling um like gas station sunglasses uh the pit viper thing this this trend of like oh we're only cavemen we only eat raw meat and only play dumb dumb riffs it's like if you're just as fake as the wrestling you're inspired by for your aesthetic you know what i mean it's a corporate fucking cheese fest made for the lowest common denominator to eat up and it's like, tell me that doesn't describe death metal in 2020 or 2022. You know what I mean? So honestly, wrestling is more interesting than that type of death metal. Sure is, dude. <laughs> and, you know, I was never into that stuff as in the 90s. I was, I, you know, those kids were always weird at my school, and I was like, that shit's fake, man. And now they all grow up and they play death metal. I think it's fake, so it's kind of full circle. <laughs> That's I mean, really you know, going back to what you said too. Uh, you know that we've been on tour and that's not to say that like we hate on every single death metal band or whatever you know i'm not i'm not you here to say anything like death metal band. but but here's the thing when when you're in a death metal band and then you go on tour and you play with other death metal bands and then every fest you play is a death metal fest and then then everyone I thinks oh well this band is a death metal band so therefore every single thing that they should do needs to be death metal and it's like in a way, maybe, you know, I mean, subconsciously, maybe this ambient album is our, our way of being like, no, stop. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we, not we're not the same. And also, like, we've, in the last couple of years, started doing this thing where in between whatever band before us and us, we play ambient music that we've made. Now, mm -hmm. it's not from the album, but we've, you know, it's been different each time. Uh, well, there's two different iterations of it. Insinuating that we have made ambient music that wasn't our upcoming ambient album. <laughs> I, I I have insinuated that, yes. But <laughs> what will so they we, do when we, they find this information? We've started. So we've started. Um, we've started doing that because we got sick of hearing. I mean, sometimes it's not even death metal. Sometimes someone will play like Immure or like freaking met, metalcore stuff in between bands they and in, play a louder a, the house system than the bands are playing on the stage I hate that yeah griping about the yeah and it's like we've been punished by metal for four weeks you know what i'm saying uh -huh. our ears are tired we don't want to hear that stuff you know what i mean like in between bands and also it's like i think some of these venues they're like afraid of like calm you know because they're like oh people aren't gonna go drink the beer it's like, dude, yeah no one cares about what's on the PA when they're going Literally to get the no, beer. Like, I've never the gone band. to a single you know? show in my entire life. I'm almost 35 years old. Never gone to a single show in my entire life where I was like, wow, this uh, house sound system was really playing the jams. It's really making me enjoy the show <laughs> a lot more. I've never <laughs> once experienced that. Since then. Huh. 
Man, well, yeah, that that is so funny to think about because we used to get that shit all the time. Like before, we would bring out our own sound crew and shit like that. Every bar was just like, "Oh, swords here, shit." I guess we should put on some Black Sabbath. And I got to the point where yeah, I was like, "If sure. I fucking hear Black Sabbath one more time, I'm gonna slam my head in the door." And so we ended up listening to just like a lot of like French pop and like weird dance music and like hip hop and shit like that. And like you want to fucking get a crowd it makes whatever band is going to play stand out more if the sound exactly. system isn't pumping out the same shit the whole time yeah yeah for real but it's also it's i feel like the states like people are a little more eclectic with their music tastes but like if you like play a metal show in europe like people just want to hear metal like if you like put on that you know, is a, a certain truth because i think metal over there is more valued as an economic contributor and you know <laughs> a band can be professional metal yeah. Uh, being totally local you know what i mean like nobody would ever know about this band outside of whatever region they're mm-hmm. locally popular in. totally and get a government grant to go on tour they're reimbursed you know two hundred thousand kroner by the government because they got their tour canceled from coronavirus mm-hmm. you can get paid that's why all these swedish bands who these 14 year old kids are so amazing in finland and sweden in the 90s and 80s is because you could go to the ymca and the government would pay the dude to record your death metal because you get a little subsidy from the yeah. Government. And they all have like you know being a rock star over there is like a viable career option. Like where you like they have like option. they have actual like rehearsal facilities for kids and stuff like exactly. that. You're, that's, we talk about this yeah. all the time. This is this is a just a huge contributing factor to what gives American bands their edge, and also why mm-hmm. things specifically like death metal and American death metal uh, were able to take over with such fervor and mm-hmm. thrash and death metal. This like you know. Uh, kind of gruff, more working class style approach where it's like, no, these dudes had to build their own props and get in their own fucking broken down van and go on their own tour and play yeah. their own shitty stages. There was no backstage catering. There's no showers at the venue. You know, getting a nightliner in America is like getting a million dollar home. It's a huge For real. gap. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. What that feels like. What, the, what is available for you as a metal band in, in America, even if you are let's say a successful or relatively successful metal band it's it's a gulf of difference and in europe there's you know the biggest festivals in the world for this stuff and to be fair a lot of those dudes like you know if we went you know when we play vodka and we're going to play death metal we don't want you know it would be fun to play ambient too because we like to have that sense of humor but it would be amazing to play pure metal to people who are there to only see pure metal so there is both sides of the coin as far as a crowd that only wants to see it but um i think in america it's just, I don't know. Like I said, we you have to fight harder to, to make it in America. So you got all these bands fighting. Everyone's trying. You get this ear fatigue from everyone fighting twenty four seven on the road, and then being like, "Oh, I got to be louder and brutaler and more technical than all these other bands." And uh, yeah, we're just sick of that, man. And then, and a, that, and then a new band comes a, along. <laughs> yeah, that brings up a point I wanted to make. Where, uh, yeah, it is a lot harder here to attain any level of success as a musician regardless of genre and uh personally i remember the first time i any music i made was pressed onto an lp or record it was this like huge feeling of success and i feel like that's been taken away these days by uh lots of these upstart labels those put um, anything on vinyl dude. don't you put anything on vinyl. We could, honestly no offense but we could make a uh, improvised joke band camp demo and it would probably be put out sooner than if we were to start an earnest band being like, okay, we're going to try something with a little bit of a artistic, spiritual, or emotional uh, impulse behind it. And people would be like, Ugh. but as long as you just shit something out on on MySpace, 
there's a hundred labels that start every week that will put that out. You know, yeah. and I think personally that's the softest shit you could do. There's nothing weaker than an internet MySpace Bandcamp whatever demo being pressed to vinyl straight. Like, and I think that that really is currently things. taking away from the work ethic of a band of just like going in a van, booking your own tour, Doing going from city to city, and just hoping someone hears it that will want to like that works at a label that you respect or whatever and wants to press it. Mm -hmm. These days, a band will record something, put it online, then it gets pressed, and then they go on tour. It works well, a little bit better. Show up and then they're totally green on stage. They got fucking what is it? The drum racks. They're tuning on stage after the set. They're breaking down drums on stage. Yeah, what know, the fuck, local, dude. local yeah. as hell, man. Because yeah. they don't because they're green. They don't have any experience on the road. They never been in uh, past bands that have failed and slept sitting upright in a broken down band in the middle of the desert. They've never had to cancel a tour because they broke down and stopped and ran out of money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They start these tours uh with a you know basically corporate funding from a, a record label or or the hype that was generated on instagram for them they don't have the grassroots wherewithal to to withstand the trends and the tides and turning of death metal and a lot of these bands especially with the coronavirus man a lot of these bands are not going to make it out because mm -hmm. they were depending on that on internet hype and you know the TikTok attention span of the internet metal scene is totally insane so if you weren't if you weren't if you didn't have that groundwork in before the Rona, you're you're gonna have a really hard time getting back on the road afterwards. Yeah, I mean more power too if you are starting a band now. Yeah, I mean sure that would suck. I would hate to do that. But also like you know <laughs> all those all those people are gonna do their thing. We're gonna do our thing, that's and the that's thing. the end of that's the whole thing. I mean like that's basically why we wanted to come out and kind of separate ourselves because it's like you know what people if they want to do their instagram Bandcamp, death metal which people accuse us of being which is yeah, funny really, but but like so people can people can go do that and that's fine we're gonna go over here and we're gonna be like if pink floyd was a death metal band and, and that's what and and and, and you know three to 1993 continuum is and, amazing yeah kyle like like what you said it's just like you know separate yourself from the pack you know like even back in the 90s there were so many different death metal bands and some of them were not good and some of them were really good and that's just kind of how it is throughout oh, history you know it's like they all say around 93 and 94 is when the when the tipping point occurred and then it became actually more bands that were bad cluttering the market and uh the the real kings you know very few of them made it through a lot of them either just stopped and kind of went awol for a while bands like gorguts and some bands, you know, bands like Autopsy just quit because, you know, they were on tour and it, every band they played with sucked and everyone was like, well, why don't you guys play more like Entombed's new Wolverine Blues or why don't you guys play this like Slam, you know, or whatever. And then all the stuff that was happening in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, there's probably 20 legendary incredible 10 out of 10 albums from like ne of death metal from 1997 2003 maybe 30 you know they are they are out there and most of them are bands like immolation uh or gorguts that really you know made it happen but most of the shit from then was you know bands like death or opeth that were really pushing it you know and they were mm -hmm. trying to take it up because it had been oversaturated and i think right now we're seeing the same cyclic oversaturation which is a, a, a you know a result of timing uh the excitement the trend the flavor of the week and whatnot for for these whims of the of the trends 
But which I'm we, you know, which we directly benefit from. Not gonna yeah, lie, absolutely. Like, you know, <laughs> we go play death metal at a show, and people are there to only see death metal. They have a good time. We have a good and, time. Everybody comes. Yeah. Home. It's great. The meme, the memification of our band also has been huge. You know, I see it as this like joke, and I think it's uh, it's funny, but uh, it certainly helps push the band. And you know, my the best part about that is that we're not like making that happen on purpose. It just became a thing. So Instagram definitely plays a role in all this in terms of like, you know, obviously how people consume media, but also how they listen to music, consume art. I mean, we're, we're on a podcast right now. You know, we would, the, the thing we talk about this all the time is that all of us in all of our bands before Blood Incantation, we've all been touring since the early 2000s and, uh, you know, putting out records and tapes as a priority, trying to record on analog tape as a priority trying to play you know underground real shit as as the whole thing we were never into you know the death core and the what, the what is it post hardcore the screamo and none of that shit and none of you know not, a lot of that stuff people get into what they think is technical death metal by way of things like death core and metalcore but that's not right that's not correct and, but if you if that's what you got into to get to the real stuff you know whatever shit, sure. you know but, you know, a lot of people think that that stuff is the real shit. And so anyway, the bands that are raised on the Internet, if the Internet disappeared tomorrow, they would not be able to go on tour. They would not be able to book their own thing. They don't have their own network of contacts. But the benefit of us having been in bands for 20 years that are metal bands is the whole Internet could disappear right now. And it would be just like when MySpace went away and all mm -hmm. of our bands kept being on tour. It doesn't contribute actually to what we're doing it benefits us it's, a, it's an afterthought it's like okay cool yeah sure thanks internet but if it went away we would still be able to go on tour we'd still be putting out our own records with screen printed covers and etchings on the b-side still be putting out tapes still be putting out an ambient record we'd just be doing what we're here to do because that's like isaac said that's what we've been doing since we started the band was always to try to be an outlier band do outsider stuff and just be different and interesting to ourselves because so much stuff is not different or interesting to us so we're like okay yeah that's refreshing to hear man because it's like rough. it's just uh, i wish more people were willing to take chances like that um yeah and uh, uh time wave zero two is just it's a it's a beautiful record even among like you know ambient shit it really stands out you've heard uh, the record i think yeah i was i've been listening to it oh, this nice. week it's it's actually fucking freezing in texas right now and the, all the the roads are unsafe and everything's just like iced over and uh, it's been rad to like listen to it driving around just like this is evil sounding fucking soundtrack to our uh snowpocalypse that we have going on it right is, now but it is a, perfect next to the apocalypse a slow motion apocalypse i love it and uh yeah do you guys uh do you feel like playing a track off of it yeah sure sure you get do you have a favorite one I mean, I mean, it's only two tracks. Only two tracks. <laughs> well, I, I I listened to like the Holix thing that uh, John sent me, so it was just it kind of I, I would just listen to the whole thing at once. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how we enjoy it. We intend, you know, the one side is more droning and a little deeper, and the other side is more dynamic and atmospheric and active. That's kind of uh, in line with the '70s prog tradition, where you got the the hits or the the active tracks on one uh -huh. side, and then a big suite on the other side. Um, but honestly. I think the full effect of like the second song is more powerful after you had to be submerged through the first song. So mm -hmm. I don't really like the skip around necessarily because they, you know, the second one goes places that the first one only implied. Uh -huh. and so once you get through the first one, the second one opens up. But 
But but yeah, if you if you wanted to play the first song, I mean, then yeah, that would what we're gonna say here. Then that would give that would give kind of <laughs> the introduction. It is twenty one minutes or whatever. Totally. Maybe maybe we can just do a sampling of it so everybody knows uh, what to expect or something like yeah, that. But. Uh, yeah. But thanks so much for coming on, fellas, uh, and thanks for coming on as a full band. This is rad, and we're going to try to do this uh, more often because, uh, God, the more the merrier. And, um, yeah, I uh, really hope to see you guys do this live, too, because that would just be the icing on the cake to see this at a planetarium or something like that. Just and, yeah, get stoned know, out of would, your mind. We're going to try fucking... to do the planetarium for the release show, but with uh, all the limitations and the, and the capacity, they're already limited capacity events, you know, a couple yeah. of people. So when they're... At least the ones here we were talking to, they're not going to do any more concerts until they can return to full capacity. So we just want to be able to make sure as many people can see it as possible. Mm -hmm. That's why the release show is at an old theater called The Gothic here in Denver. And I love the Gothic. Seeing. We're going to be there pretty soon, actually. Uh, if you guys want to come out, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're playing there the, the the 8th of March. Oh, cool. Something like that. Uh, March? Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> that's my birthday. birthday. It's us and Zombie. Um, Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! Yeah, yeah. 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 right. That dude. That's yeah, on the same night as uh, the immolation show. And that's it's no. It's the. It's the. Is it the eighth? I don't it's know. The, There's like four shows right around there. We were gonna try. Yeah. To so that time. Igor, that Igor show is now postponed. Actually. So. Oh really? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well then, let's go to the zombies and sword show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We uh, could go to that and then and then try to hit that the bi ambient zombie tour is is not only imminent; it is cosmically required for the benefit of the human race. <laughs> Everybody That's a cool package, man. We in a planetarium. Everybody wants to see it. So. Hell yeah! Well, again, thanks, fellas. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the public. You know, takes this album, uh, and thanks for like talking about it because, like you said, we, we got to beat people over the head sometimes <laughs> with the facts. Yeah, cosmic music for cosmic people, man. It's just space music. If you don't like space music, keep on trucking. Next record's gonna be even more brutal than in history. So, <laughs> fuck yeah.
thanks for tuning in to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe if you want to keep up with the latest episodes. And don't forget to check out the Highway with Kyle Shutt playlist on Spotify to keep up with all the rad tunes that we play on the program. And if you need some new gear in your life, don't forget to check out Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, Idiot Box Effects, and Ray Ray Decker Cables. Stay high, everybody. We'll see you next week.